are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The kingdom of God, it's based on an upside-down kingdom. It's based on a philosophy which would cause many in the world to question perhaps even the sanity of it. Love your enemies. Give and you'll receive. The last will be first. The first will be last. Like, what's going on there? It's like the Lego movie. You know, so many are are so used to following instructions and conforming to the world's customs and traditions, but the great ones, the master builders, are the ones who use their imaginations to dream. See, the whole point of this sermon series is to bring an awakening to our church. A friendly reminder, if you will, that this world that we are in right now, we are in it, but we're not of it. There are principles that are foreign to many that we must uphold in our heart. Today's message, you know what, it may not be a raw, raw, raw type of message. See, as a pastor, it's fun preaching messages that, you know what, we are a prosperous people. And people are like, yeah, that's good. I like that. We like to prosper. It's good to say, you know what? The grace of God is sufficient for us. Yes, I like that. But there's certain things in the Bible when we share, it's kind of like, you know, I don't really like that one, Pastor. That's, you know, the best way to show that is if I, if I wanted to pick a volunteer in this place right now, and I'm going to give you an option. Option A is for the remainder of the service, you get to sit here in comfort. How many people, by just raising your hand, say, that's not so bad? Let me see. All right. Three quarters of you, I could do that. A quarter of you saying, I'm not putting up my hand because he's going to make me come up to the front and sit here. I get that. What about option B? Instead of sitting in comfort for the remainder of the service, So how many people would like to do that for the remainder of their service? One person, two people in this place. Why? Because option A is comfortable. We like that. You know what, maybe if, if I included some popcorn and M&Ms, it might even sweeten the pot a little bit. Option B, not so much. It's hard. It's laborious. It's, it's uncomfortable. And our message today on the kingdom of God is the upside-down kingdom. The culture of heaven is dying to self. That's an uncomfortable message. We all like our stuff. We all like comfort. And when all of a sudden we start talking about getting things out of our lives 
that are not from the Lord, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We check out. Mark 8, 34 and 35 says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you want to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross, follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of the good news, you will save it. How can you give up your life and save it? It doesn't make sense. See, it's like this. Returning home from a long journey, there was a pirate. Everybody say, "Ah!" And the pirate, he worked hard and saved up and got this, this treasure of gold and jewels and riches. But see, for the pirate, this treasure box that he had was more than just jewels and gold. It represented a better life for him for his future. It re represented a life on easy street. But all of a sudden there was a storm and the, the boat started to break apart and the pirate went overboard and so did his treasure and he held onto that chest. But as he held onto that chest, it started to sink and sink and he held onto it, trying desperately to swim to the top to save his treasure, but he couldn't do it. It was much too heavy. At that moment, the, tre the pirate realized that if I hold on to what is valuable to me, I'm going to die. Life is not in the treasure, but it's in the air that is in the top. And he let go, and he swam to the top and saved his life. But friends, that's like us. We need to let go of the things of the world, let them fall off and die, while we swim up into the arms of Jesus Christ. During the time of Christ, it was common practice for criminals to carry their own crosses to the spot where they'd be crucified. In fact, we see in John 19 that Jesus carried his cross until he no longer could, and then Simon assisted him the rest of the way. When Christ tells his disciples to turn from their selfish ways, to take up their crosses, this is a literal statement telling us the sinful nature must die, for you're no longer yours. We've been bought with a price, and we're a new creation. So I wonder, how serious is Jesus really about this? Like, really, do we need to give it all up, Lord? Matthew 10, 38 in the NIV says, anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. See, we hear all the time that salvation is a free gift for everyone, but it comes with a price. And that price is you're no longer your own. I've always loved Peter, for Peter is so real, impulsive. He's just a, a guy. And in the book of Acts, Peter's speaking to 3,000 people. At the end of his speech, pe people ask Peter, what do we need to do to get saved? And in Acts 2, Peter replies to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, he's modeling the words that Jesus told him. Peter, you need to take up your cross. You need to repent. The definition of repentance means a sincere turning away in both the mind and the heart from self to God. I love that. A turning away in the mind, but deeper than that, a turning away of the heart. 
Lord, I choose you over whatever it is that is detrimental to my walk. God, I want to be so filled with you that, Lord, the stuff that the world deems important God, show me what that is. Show me where my eyes have been so focused on idols. And God, I haven't been glorifying your name. I think if we're really honest with ourselves, every one of us, including me in this room, would say we have specific idols in our life. Things that take our eyes off of our Savior. Things that we fight for. Things that's like, this is what's important. And the Lord's saying, really? Really? How important is that to you? Because I want to be your rock. When you're upset, when you're worried, when you're stressed out, 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us to cast all of our cares, our anxieties upon him for he cares for you. Where do you turn to? Is it a friend? Is it drinking? Perhaps it's drugs just to make it feel better. And the Lord's saying, no, I want to be that rock. I want, to, I want you to come to me. I want you to learn to cast your cares upon me. And I want to show myself faithful in your life. And all of a sudden we think, okay, God, I get it. I got it. And then something else big comes in our life. And sure enough, we go back to the old thing and we run and do it again. It's like, God, when will I learn? God, would you teach me to be the man or the woman that you've called me to be. So what does that look like in today's world? Dying to self, it's not an easy task. Because we as a people, we long for comfort. I remember that when I was a kid, I had a toothache one time. And it started to bother me. And I, but I didn't want to tell my mom. Because I knew that if I told my mom that my tooth was bothering me, that she would give me some aspirin, and it would make the pain go away, which I wanted, but she wouldn't stop there. She would then call up Dr. Morandi. And Dr. Morandi was my dentist in Ontario. We lived at a little country dentist. And I remember whenever I would have a cavity, and they were quite often because I think the toothpaste wasn't as good when we were kids as it is now. Or else I ate a way more candy than my, my kids consume today. I don't know. You could choose which one it is. But I remember Dr. Morandi would take out the drill, and I'd say, can I get some of that freezing to, 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 to make my teeth feel like, so I can't feel it? And he'd slap me on the leg. Come on, man. You're tougher than that. You don't need freezing. And then he'd start. <laughs> I wanted the freezing. So then when I had a toothache, I'm like, you know what? There is no way in the world that I'm going to tell my mom because I know who she's going to call and I don't like him. As believers, we want blessings because we want eternal security knowing that after this world, my spirit will live forever in heaven. But we don't want to give up things that we don't like. We don't mind making compromises because it's easier than just saying Lord, I surrender. Take it. We hear phrases throughout the body of Christ. Ah, come on, don't be so religious. In Christ there's grace and we're living in the age of grace. Don't worry about it. Ah, come on, everybody else is doing it. 
But yet if the Lord sends that place and says, son, daughter, I've got something new. When much is given, much is required. And when we come into that understanding of who God is and we say, God, I want you to have my everything. I want to completely, 100% be sold out, radical follower of Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, it looks different. Romans 6, starting off with verse 6 says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined to Christ, Jesus is baptized, we joined in him also in his death. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that we might lose his power in our lives, but we are no longer slaves to sin. For when we die with Christ, we are set free from the power of sin. And since we die with Christ, we know we will, never, we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. So do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. You use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. That is an amazing definition of the grace of God. When I became a POC credential holder, I signed a document that said I would abstain from alcohol. And I said, when I signed that do document, I gave up my rights to a drink and I will abstain from alcohol. And I said, you know what, guys? What you don't understand is freedom looks different to different people. In this church, we have former alcoholics. Freedom to the alcoholic is, I will never have to have a drink again. Freedom to the social drinker is I can drink in freedom, I can have a, a, a drink and I won't get drunk and that's my freedom. But do you see, it's two completely different freedoms. So if all of a sudden me as the minister walk in that place and say yes, I'm gonna exercise my freedom to be able to have a drink and I walk into the alcohol, into the, into the, um, alcohol store and as I walk out, one of the congregation members sees me coming out what is, that, what is the message that I'm sending them? And for me, the Bible says, don't cause a weaker brother to stumble. Why would I walk down that road? For you, I don't know what that answer is. You can sit there. It's a very controversial topic right now. And there's people in here saying, well, I want a drink. It's my freedom. I can do what I want. That's between you and the Lord. And there's other people like, yeah, right on, pastor. Tell those people who drink that they're wrong. I'm not going to do that. I would suggest highly that if you walk in that place, that you would exercise wisdom. 
posting vacation pictures on Facebook with you guys drinking beer, it's not wise. Because all of a sudden somebody goes on there who's your friend and says, oh, and that, that beer might be sitting there for, for the 10 days that you were there, <laughs> you know, but nobody knows that through a picture. But the whole point of it is to seek the face of God and say, God, my rights are no longer my rights. And Lord, what would you have me do? That's a controversial topic that people's minds are going crazy right now. People are even leaving and walking out right now because of this conversation. <laughs> but it is sitting there and say, God, what would you have me do, Lord? Because, Lord, I want to exercise my freedom, but, God, I want to make sure that it's okay with you. And that, Lord, there's nothing in my life that I'm fighting for my rights when you're saying, son, daughter, will you lay that down? Because I got something better for you. For you who are seeking the Lord and saying, God, is my life no longer my own? God, what would you have me do about any topic? What would you have me do about tithing? What would you have me do about bitterness when truly I have every right in the world to be hurt, to be bitter? Lord, what about my time? What would you have me do in the areas of social injustice? The Bible says in Colossians 3, 3-7, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God and when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. For some of us in this room, it's like, man, that's like a death sentence. But for others, it's life knowing that we will share in all of the Lord's glory when we put him first. In our cultures, our principles are falling further and further away from the standards of God. If you read the word, you'll see it's going to get worse before it gets better. My friends, keep your eyes on the prize, for the Lord is not just a side dish. What do I mean by side dish? Ray Cowell is a friend of mine, and Ray told me that you want to take your wife out somewhere real nice. There's a restaurant in Edmonton called Ruth Chris. And they ask you there what you would like your cow to have grazed on. He says, you know, sir, would you you'd like your steak? Yeah, would you like your cow to have been, what would you like your cow to graze on it? And, and uh, when Ray went there, he's like, well, I, I don't know what that means. He says, well, what would you like your cow to have eaten before we serve you? He goes, I, I, Skittles? I, like, I, I don't know. He did say Skittles, that's the truth. Taste the rainbow, that's what I want to do. And they said, no, 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 sir, it's, it's either you can have like a corn-fed cow, you can have a grass-fed cow, you can have a, a grain-fed cow, and you get to choose what you want. So he's like, you got to do it. So I went down there with Cindy, and, uh, and it was delicious. But when you order a steak, it, it comes as a steak. It doesn't come with potato and vegetables, you get a steak. Because at Ruth Crisp, 
The steak is the highlight. Not the potatoes or the mushrooms or the vegetables. Those are all side dishes, and you've got to pay an extra $30 per one, right? <laughs> it's walking in that place and saying, Jesus, in my life, are you a side dish or are you the main thing? Lord, are you everything, God? Are you the feature? Are you highlighted inside of my heart? Because, God, I don't want you to be the corn I don't want you to be the mushrooms or the potato. God, I want you to be the Skittle steak. Huh. Hold on to your seat. Are you ready for this? Does anyone know what, do, do, do you know who A.W. Tozer is? Here's a scripture that, here's a, here's a scripture. Here's a, a quote that A.W. Tozer said. And notice, he noticed something during his life which was back, he lived back in the 50s. And I think the world has changed quite a bit from then to now, but here's what he said. Among the plastic saints of our times, Jesus has to do all the dying, and we want to hear, all we want to hear is another sermon about his death. Ouch. You know, really, if you can't say amen, say ouch. As a church, it's understanding that we are in the world, but we're not of it. Let's go on a journey together. Let's pray fast. Seek his heart for, for our families, for us and our families. Team, would you come? We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.